Welcome to Marx's Voice, bringing you ideas and analysis from Socialist Appeal, the Marxist voice of labour and youth. For regular updates, subscribe to our podcast through SoundCloud, iTunes or any major podcast provider. Or visit our website at www.socialist.net where you can donate and subscribe to our paper online and help support us in the struggle for socialism. and welcome to this video interview. So my name is Fiona and I'm an organiser for the Marxist Student Federation and today I'm going to be having a chat, we're going to have a, a discussion with uh, Olive from Sheffield and also Tori from LSE. We're going to be talking about the rent strike movement both locally at their respective universities but also nationally on, on where we think the rent strike movement could potentially go and we're also just going to talk about what the Marxist Student Federation is doing about this and what the Marxist society are arguing for up and down the country. So first of all, um, I want to ask Olive uh, to just tell us a little bit about the situation at her university, how the rent strike movement came about and what the Marxist society is, is doing to be a part of that. Olive? Yeah, um, so yeah, I'm Olive, I'm a third year student at um, Sheffield. Um, yeah, basically what's going on at Sheffield is um, a rep, like obviously the rent strike um, with the demands kind of being um, a rent reduction of 30% for the remainder of uh, the year um, and a um, get out clause, basically no penalty for early release from contract so that students don't have to go back into accommodation, especially as we know there's absolutely no guarantee of face-to-face -face teaching, despite what the university might tell us. Um, and it's also that the university um, offer more like kind of material um, and mental support to students uh, going forward, especially as um, some students in isolation, they found it hard to get hold of uh, food packages, laundry services, and it was hard to deal with maintenance issues um, and things like that in accommodation. Um, so kind of how it all started was basically we saw what was going on in uh, Manchester and it kind of felt that it, in Sheffield there was kind of nothing going on. We had um, a campaign a couple of years ago in Sheffield for Cut the Rent. Um, so it was definitely something on the radar. Um, so we kind of took that up again and the Marxists as kind of one of the only kind of left wing or active left wing groups on campus basically published a leaflet, um, gave it to the first years in the Marxist society and they distributed that out and from those leaflets uh, with certain demands and how we can organise a rent strike came kind of a bigger group chat and then from there kind of a committee was established and then that's when things kind of really um, took off and yeah, um, 400 people pledged to withhold their rent. Um, and the vice, it's on the vice chancellor's radar. He knows uh, it's happening um, and things like that. And he's already, you know, tried to threaten the strike and things like that. But it seems that everyone's holding firm. Yeah, I think that the events in Manchester definitely acted as a spark um, and inspired students everywhere because obviously they achieved a victory in getting a 30% reduction for the first term. And I think it's 10% for the rest of the year. So I think... Yeah, after those, after that result came out, a lot of students everywhere thought, well, if they can do it, we definitely can. And now the momentum is building. Um, so Tori, do you want to tell us a bit about yeah, LSE and what's happening there? 
Yeah, so kind of similar to the way um, the LSE rent strike started. Somebody asked the pertinent question, you know, why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we having a rent strike when other universities are? Um, and that's how it took off. You know, we started conversation um, in small groups and, of course, over Zooms, et cetera. Um, and it was really exciting to see something like this kind of transpire at the LSC, where one might not predict there to be any sentiment for a rent strike whatsoever. And yeah, so we initially started to formulate our demands as most rent strikes did um, in democratic fashion. And we ended up with just as Olive said, it's Sheffield, a 30% reduction of rent. Um, and we're campaigning for this to be across the entire year from term one to term three. Um, and we have actually nine demands now, which is kind of a high number of demands. However, all of them are extremely necessary from no repercussions for rent strikers, um, which we haven't achieved yet and, and are desperately trying to from the university. You know, students should be uh, feeling safe to strike, as well as, you know, no staff redundancies, um, as many other campaigns have better mental health and food provisions, especially for those in quarantine. Um, and then we took a few from Brunel Student Justice, which are really important demands um, of Marxist societies, which are, you know, our emphasis nationally on open the books um, and putting students into management of finances as they should be, as they provide them, right? And then lastly, we actually have pretty good support from our student union which is really surprising as so many student unions are kind of unwilling to work with the rent strikes. Um, but ours are also campaigning for a tuition fee reduction and kind of that sort of um, side of it as well. So we have solidarity with them. Yeah, and then the Marxist Society at the LSE, of course, we weren't involved in kind of the initial birth of the rent strike, which was, um, we, you know, we saw later that it was a great opportunity for us to intervene in leadership. And of course, me leading the rent strike, um, kind of as a lead organizer and being a Marxist is really exciting. Because um, as much as our Marxist society um, wasn't key, you know, in the birth of the rent strike, um, it's really ironic that it's the Marxists now who are leading it. Right. And, and not in every case does everyone kind of know this. Um, but this week, our Marxist Society had a meeting around the topic of rent strikes, just kind of an open discussion. And it was very productive in both getting people to the rent strike and talking about the national demands, which we really want to be adopted by the rent strike. Right. Um, a bit more radical and, of course, more productive. Thanks. Um, yeah, I think I saw at Sheffield, there's also plans for the Marxist Society to put on a meeting on rent strikes and the fight against landlordism. And I think something that a lot of the Marxist societies up and down the country is really trying to inject the politics into, into this strike, into this movement. I think a lot of students feel the anger already. They don't need to be told that they're being ripped off um, at all. It doesn't take a Marxist to see that. But we're just trying to connect and, and, and connect this to wider issues and, and the wider fight for free education, I suppose. So, I mean, Tori mentioned the demands that LSE is putting forward. Nationally, the Marxist Student Federation also has demands that we want to be taken up on a national scale. We want a, a nationally, you know, democratically elected committee of sorts to, to fight for these demands. So I thought that, yeah, the two of you could, could tell us a bit about those demands and, and, and yeah, and how, what the responses to those demands as well. So, uh, Olive, do you want to yeah, take us through some of those? Yeah, so I think one of the key demands is, is opening the books to, to students and to anyone who works at the university as well. Obviously, we talked about in, like the Marxists interjecting kind of the politics, but I think a crucial part of that is also how we link these demands to the wider university community at, at large. Um, so a key thing that we've been doing in Sheffield is getting in contact with unions and getting support for the rent strike and also adding to our demands 
that these these things, these demands will be granted at no expense to staff or their conditions or their pay, which the university is constantly looking to uh, undermine. Um, so yeah, like uh, the thing about opening books is a key question of, of democracy. Obviously, if we're paying tuition and we're paying this rent, um, we'd quite like to know where this money is going. If they can't actually afford these refunds, we'd like to know why and be able to interrogate those numbers uh, for ourselves. Obviously, we know that universities are public institutions and you can you can Google, you can find public um, records of the things and you know they're quite complicated so it'd be great if those were given in a more simple uh form format and circulated to all staff and students but especially at sheffield um the university accommodation is managed by a shadow company but it's wholly owned by the university so it is in the last instance the university profiting from um the rent that students are paying and what's really um, alarming is basically they use the shadow company uh, to basically evade, uh, yeah, evade democracy and stop people looking at their books because, you know, the university can claim to all they want that they don't make a profit from this accommodation. But when you're spending £150 a week on a room uh, in Sheffield, where the cost of living isn't that high, where is that money going? And we we deserve to know, um, ultimately. Yeah, I think um, some of our most essential demands at the national level of the MSF are those of, you know, uh, we want a full refund of all rent and tuition paid so far and release from those payments in future. Um, because, you know, these are rent strikes. Our headline demand is really kind of um, rent reduction, but the Marxists, um, what we believe in is, you know, no barriers to education. And in fact, we want education to be free because it has become this commodity, which is bought and sold by customers, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, education is a social good. It is something which, you know, allows society to develop as a whole and kind of improve. And for that reason, we believe that there should be no barriers to it. And in fact, there should be no cost at all. And those are inherent in our um, kind of uh, first two demands for those uh, releases from payments in future and refunds of those in past. But of course, we have to emphasize in saying this that, you know, we're asking the capitalists for these reforms. Um, and the reality of the situation is capitalism can't afford our demands, right? We have to, you know, of course, we're going to take any reductions and concessions we can get as small victories. But we also have to recognize that ultimately capitalism can't solve our problems. We have no illusions that capitalism um, can, you know, fully maintain uh, these kind of concessions that we're asking for. So, you know, we tell you that instead of making reforms, um, that revolution is the best way to go about this, at least um, on a national level. The MSF kind of promotes this through our demands. Um, yeah, so you could say that the contradictions that capitalism has produced, right, wherein we, of course, we want free education because education is a social good. However, capitalism can't afford to invest in it because it can't afford to increase productivity, which is crazy, right? Say the workers and the students took um, education into their hands as a public good. Um, of course, there would be room for investment in education as it's a need. And as workers and students, we best understand that these are our needs. Um, so of course, this kind of goes back to what Olive was saying about um, kind of making sure that education is managed in a democratic fashion. Um, but certainly if this were to be the case, we would see free education. And this is what we're petitioning for um, with our demands for refunds and release from all payments. Thanks. And I mean, what you just said about 
workers and students knowing what's best is is really true and that's why like, another one of our our demands is is about student and staff democracy and control over the universities i don't know if olive wants to yeah expand on that one a bit more as well yeah like i think what is really promising about these rent strikes obviously we've seen rent strikes in the past at university of bristol um and ucl in the past and obviously those set kind of a bit of a precedent but then we also saw the ucu they went on strike uh, three times in the last couple of years and I think this is really kind of it well the fact that these happened before the pandemic I think should prove that what the situation students are facing wasn't caused by COVID it's because ultimately these problems existed in higher education to begin with and ultimately that stems from because education or higher education in our universities are not is not actually constructed with staff or students in mind with the aim of delivering a high quality education. It's about making profits. I mean, the Russell Group University, and obviously when the Russell Group universities release a statement, all the other universities across the country follow. They said, we're not implementing a no detriment policy because that would ruin the integrity of students' degrees. Well, I would say having far less teaching, um, having lecturers worked to the bone, unable to respond to emails or students' queries, having to work in self-isolation with no social stimulation and things like that, having no access to libraries or books that we need and things like that. I would actually say that's a detriment to our education, not, um, not a, you know, a safety net policy or something that can just guarantee that students can, can pass the year and they won't need to redo it. But obviously that's not something they're concerned with because if you have to redo the year, that's more tuition fees ultimately for them. And like we say, student and staff democracy is absolutely crucial to this because not only does it mean we can you know work to deliver a higher quality education it's it's fundamentally a question of, in COVID of safety um ultimately the UCU obviously have just balloted or, or are in the process of balloting for potential strike action as well because they don't believe the workers don't believe that it's safe to return after lockdown and I think you know Sheffield proved that we had some of the highest cases in the country and that was what a couple of weeks after Freshers Week as soon as face-to-face teaching uh, began the university basically had to shut down all over again and many students then had to um, isolate and things like that and I think putting student staff at the center of decision making is absolutely crucial but that's uh, you know and we we have these bodies we have the rent strikes going on and that can actually be the basis of actually demanding this ac- across the country and actually sets a really actually healthy precedent that students can organize and they know what is needed and in the same way the UCU and the union and those workers organized through other campus unions and things like that also know what is needed and are also taking action uh, and things like that and you know it's a it's a question of how we allocate these these resources only to maximize you know the potential for education rather than you know maximizing finances um I know I know at Sheffield we've had the highest intake of first year students ever during a pandemic, you know, and that that's, they've, the universities have massively profited off this crisis. They'll say to the government that they're struggling. They're not. They've had the highest intake of students they've ever had. Thanks, Olive. And I mean, speaking about the quality of degrees, I think it's undeniable that 
you know, for students this year, the quality of their education has clearly not been the same as other years. And no one, and us in particular, are not blaming the teachers for that. We're not blaming the academic staff. They've been forced into the same situation, as you just explained. It's not safe for them to go into work. Um, and, and that's why no COVID job losses is an important um, demand as well that we put forward and a lot of other rent strikes have also added that to their demands because we also recognize that student staff solidarity is the best way to fight against university management and that actually students interests and, and staff interests are ultimately the same we both need to fight against the marketization of education and i also think it's really important what you said about how what what is being experienced right now is the result of years of attacks against higher education. Coronavirus hasn't caused this special problem, but actually this is an underlying issue. UCU has gone on strike, yeah, many times over the past couple of years because of these attacks against higher education. And this is just the culmination of that. And I think this whole experience has raised the need for free education really sharply in the minds of students. And that's, and that's why we're putting that forward. And as Tori said, we recognize that the fight for free education is something that is gonna come into conflict with the interests of capital and, and capitalism more generally. That's why we wanna make this as powerful a movement as possible. This is, in my opinion, this is the biggest student movement we've seen probably in a decade. And, and the potential therefore that lies within it is, is, really, is really large. So, I mean, what I wanna ask you both now as well is, where do you think this strike movement could go on a, on a national scale? And, and what should we do to, I guess, push it to where we want to be? Um, uh, Tori, do you wanna uh, go first? Yeah, I think on a national level, especially as it is kind of so easy to get involved in the national ne network as um, both, you know, Olive and I are really key in leading rent strikes. Um, it's almost our obligation to make sure that this national movement um, maintains a life beyond just these rent strikes because it's not just about um, you know achieving concessions within these particular rent strikes. Um, as she said before, you know this movement has history and it has a future, and um, the, a lot of the emphasis of this should be on you know fighting Marxization. And I think this is something which even beyond the Marxist you know sphere of students. Um, is gaining traction, right? Students know that the blame has been placed on them and that this, in, this is entirely unfair, that our demands as a Marxist Student Federation kind of try to place some that blame back on the university where it belongs and back on the government who should be accounting for the fact that, you know, students were lured in, um, as we said, for profit, right? We were, um, as has been said by many students, kind of brought in on false pretenses, on false promises, right? We were sold something, um, which in essence was was not what um, we were marketed, uh, right? It was kind of all lies. So I think that the national movement in future definitely is going to have a lot of kind of fire in its engine because, um, you know, students are so angry that they've been clearly kind of robbed in broad daylight, uh, right. So, of course, the, our aims is um, the Marxist Student Federation and in intervening in the national movement in the future. Um, and as me being a Marxist was elected to the coordinating committee of the National Rent Strike Network, which is very exciting and a great platform for all Marxists of the Student Federation to kind of use that position to intervene. Um, and what we should do as Marxists is make sure that there is a really strong national element to this movement because it's in numbers that we're strong, right? We want cohesive national demands. We want our demands, right? 
for um, for those kind of student to staff uh, to unite um, to democratize the education process to make sure that there there is no financial barrier to education. We want all of this to be prominent at the national level, um, and we want there to be a national statement issued to this degree. And this is definitely how the Marxists plan to intervene at um, at this level, and I think it will be extremely effective. Thanks so much, uh, Olive. Where do you think the national yes strike movement can go? Yeah, like I, I think, uh, as Tori said, I think when we've got 45 plus universities simultaneously all going on rent strike, I think to squander that opportunity to take this further would ultimately, because when we're talking 45 plus universities, we're not talking putting leverage on individual universities. We're talking about putting leverage on Universities UK and the Tory government itself as well. You know, and I think there is huge potential um in this like as well and as we say like the issues were here irregardless you know we get we potentially might get our rent reduction or our fees refunded for this year but the ultimate problem is why were we paying tuition in the first place um when we did a survey a couple of years ago in accommodation we were finding that the majority of students were spending or their rent was not covered by their student loan so they were going into debt to pay rent to go to university. That is a huge barrier to education and actually is one of the reasons that students don't go into higher education, particularly working class students or poorer students or, or any student for that, for that matter. And I know international students have to pay even more. It's a huge barrier. And like we say, those, those issues are still on the table. And I think we have an opportunity here. You know, in 2010, we saw a huge student movement in response to upping of tuition fees and things like that. And I think this is the first time that we're even for like, well, the first time in at least a decade that these networks are now being, are being formed. And I think having simultaneous demands puts us on kind of a good, a good footing to take the movement, to take the movement forward, because then we have leverage not only at individual universities and on individual management, which is a good a good start ultimately those concessions need to be won but ultimately i think there are there's a huge amount of potential here and then obviously also students are learning they're learning the mechanisms of of capitalist education and capitalist system as a whole that doesn't value our lives our safety our education our well-being but ultimately puts profit before all else yeah you're so right and i think i mean one of the uh, one of the slogans that's come out of this movement is 9k for what right and and clearly students are already and that's a question of tuition I mean clearly rent strikes are happening so the question of rent is in the minds of students but the question of tuition is as well 9k for what what am I paying for and why should I pay for education as it's already been explained it is a it's a social good and it's and it's necessary for the development of society anyway and and yeah our position is that there should be no barriers to anyone accessing higher education or education as a whole and that includes tuition fees as well as rent and so it is really important that we connect those two issues to try and yeah reignite the fight for free education which is which is so important so do either of you two have any final thoughts that you want to share with us on yeah the whole the discussion as a whole um Tori do you want to go 
Yeah, so I think kind of going off of what you just said, you know, about the fight for rent to, you know, be kind of eradicated as well as tuition fees entirely. I mean, that these should be combined is a really important point, especially as the rent strikes kind of seem to be born independent in a lot of situations of the fight for, you know, tuition fees to be eradicated. Um, and that this is not, you know, the most uh, useful kind of way to approach capitalism in the way that it's infected both rent and tuition university entirely. Um, because of course, I know many rent strikes thought it wasn't achievable, right? We just pursue rent, at least at the LSE. Many people said they didn't want to take in tuition as part of our fight because we would be laughed at, right? But this is completely false. Of course, our, these demands are, you know, as they aren't, we don't have any illusions that capitalism can maintain these. We must continue to demand them as, you know, a socialist transformation of society would make this completely achievable. Um, and I don't think we should lose sight of that. You know, at the LSE, I know the student union is trying to kind of take a lead in the um, fight nationally um, for some tuition reductions and kind of concessions. And um, of course, I think where Marxists and the Marxist Student Federation, the Socialist Appeal entirely can intervene in this is encouraging um, student unions nationally to kind of take in both fights within one because they're targeting the same monster, the kind of same disease, which is the marketization of university and the effects that capitalism has had upon education. Whereas even being an international student, I know, you know, 20 years ago in Britain, that education was almost free, right? 20 years down the line, we're seeing 9,250 pounds for your education on top of, you know, thousands, almost 10,000 pounds in rent um, for many students, especially in London. And I think um, these should be tackled in one, and they certainly can be, especially with a Marxist perspective. Thanks, Tori. Olive? Yeah, like Tori's absolutely right. Ultimately, um, tuition fees and high rents ultimately come from the same source. It's because, you know, people at the tops of universities and people who invest into universities and profit off them. Yeah, there are huge profits to be made um, off of, of, of students, off of universities. And ultimately, you can't necessarily separate out these two things. And I think the rent strike is just the, the beginning to start talking about this question of, what is a good education and how how do we we get there basically and what is a university for and who should be in charge of it and i think i haven't really got much else to add like i think it's just a question of if capitalism can't afford a good education can we can we afford to continue with capitalism and i think it ultimately comes down to that people can say well that's not it's not realistic to demand that but ultimately it comes down to that question of you know why is education important and why should it be free? Because I think most people are agreed on that. Thanks, Olive. Um, and yeah, I mean, people talk about what's realistic and what's not. I think the fact is that the money in society exists for free education. I mean, the money in, in society exists for more than just free education. But on this topic of education, it does exist. It's sitting in the banks and businesses that profit off of a well-educated population anyway. So the money is there. We're saying, let's take it, let's expropriate it, and let's use it for the good of everyone and not just for the good of, um, you know, a, a minority of people who can make a lot of money off of the, the exploitation of others. And that's really important. So uh, if you're watching and you agree with what we've spoken about today, then um, I'd encourage you to one, sign our petition. So the MSF has launched a petition setting out our demands that we're hoping to be taken up on a national scale, but also get involved, get involved in your local rent strike. If there isn't one at your university, contact the Marxist 
student federation and we can help you try and set one up but just get involved to be a part of the marxist uh the marxist fight in the student movement thanks thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed this episode of marxist voice you can subscribe to our podcast through soundcloud itunes or any major podcast provider or visit our website at www.socialist.net and if you're able to please donate or subscribe online and help support us in the struggle for socialism